0: Well, the rotation of stocks didn't last long in the U.S. They're now rotating back the other way, if that makes any sense. We've got big rises in tech stocks in the U.S. We'll look and see whether there's any connection between that and the Chinese government allegedly bailing out the share market yesterday to stop its fall from grace. But other than that, things are going well. The NAB business survey showed very high business confidence. The OECD has upped its forecast by quite a margin, but inflation remains a concern. All eyes are going to be on what Philip Lowe has to say on that today and the Bank of China tonight. And uh, what are the inflation numbers for the US and China? We'll find out tonight. It's Wednesday, the 10th of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So what do you call a rotation in stocks that goes the other way? Is it an unrotation? we Anyway, we've, uh, that's what's happened. We've got a 4.1% rise in the Nasdaq today compared to less than 1% up for the Dow. Much smaller gains in Europe. The Eurostox 50 was the best of it, and that was up about 0.6%. The US dollar has turned back down today, down 0.3% on the DXY. The Aussie dollar uh, gaining the most. It's up three quarters of 1%, now over 77 US cents again. The pound is up half percent the euro a third of 1% up, and the US dollar has reversed its position on the yen, down a third of 1%. Well, it's pretty much reversed its position on everything from yesterday. In fact, whatever was yesterday, it's the opposite today, almost, it seems. The rise in US Treasury yields, for example, has run out of steam. They are down five basis points this morning for 10 years. Uh, Aussie 10-year yields down about the same amount as well. And oil, losing ground, a 1.4% fall in WTI, a 2% fall in copper, but Comix Gold is up 2.3%. And here, once again, Ray Attrell, head of FX Strategy at NAB in Sydney. So, yes, it, it, it it's it is this unrotation or it's a, a about turn whatever you want to call it uh, everything seems to have switched direction how much of it is to do with what's been going on in china because we had the news uh today that, uh, that or yesterday really that the chinese state government supposedly stepping in to to buy shares in the uh, csi 300 uh, because uh, th- they were worried about the, how the slowdown had accelerated you know it's gone from 4200 to 3700 in, in pretty short order so uh, how much of you know what we're seeing in the reaction in the markets today is down to that
1: Morning, Phil. Um, something, something to that, I think, at least. But uh, there's a few other moving parts going along. So, yes, as you mentioned, it was sort of mid-morning Australia time yesterday when uh, red headlines flashed across the screen that um, you know state-backed funds had reportedly been uh, been seen. Buying stocks, so we had uh, so if I looked at something like the shanghai composite, it was down three percent in the first hour or so of trade yesterday within an hour or two of that headline, it was back to flat, although we did drift off a little bit so you know net net we were still um, down on the day, so i don 't think that explains a four percent rise in the nasdaq as we 're at the time of this recording and a two percent rise in the s p very much led by um, obviously the IT sector leading the S&P higher, but also looking at things like consumer discretionaries, uh, they're up the best part of 4%. So I think therein lies a little bit of the story in terms of, you know, how much is this for the OECD? I think we've always sort of poo-pooed OECD reports as being very backward looking, but if you look at the, the size of the upward revisions that we've got coming through, um, you know, for the US, for example, it's, um, you know, they're now talking about something knocking on the door of, you uh, of six percent and uh, and um globally um well they've gone from four point two this year to five point six for twenty twenty two they've gone from three point seven um to four point zero so again nothing we shouldn't really have uh, have anticipated and obviously it's the passage or the imminent passage of that one point nine trillion fiscal stimulus that I something Yeah well
0: because the forecast for the US has doubled doesn't it up to 6.5% but why would that be uh, helping the Nasdaq along I would have thought well, we would we, we would see stocks rotate they'd be going the other way wouldn't it if we're seeing a, a sharp recovery
1: I think the third piece of the jigsaw is bond yields. So it's clear mm. that the tech, the rotation that we've been seeing, um, you know, out of you know, what we call high duration stocks, so stocks that are displaying the, make the greatest sensitivity to changes in interest rates, you know, have clearly been the main victims of this backup in U.S. Treasury yields, um, you know, in, in favor of uh, value stocks and things like Um, you know, financial services or banks that that benefit from steeper yield curves. So the fact that, you know, the curve has flattened a little bit, but obviously in outright terms, yields are back from, you know, above 1.6 to to closer to 1.5% in 10 years. You know, I think that's been instrumental. So perhaps markets coming to the realisation, at least in the short term, um, that that maybe things have gone far enough just for now. And, And a lot of this sort of, you know, the news flow that follows from stimulus, et cetera, you know, maybe, Close to being in the price. That said, um, the U.S. Uh, Treasury is auctioning ten-year um, bonds tonight and thirty-year bonds tomorrow. And if you remember mm. the end of February, it was that uh, very poorly received
0: yeah. seven-year yeah, note yeah, auction
1: it. that was one of the catalysts for the leg up that we've seen in Treasuries. So, so I think there's a there's a there's a test of the um, you know that sort of one point six percent ceiling, if you want to call it, coming tonight. Yeah. But as things stand. I think it's the, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the reverse rotation, you know, I would put it down to some extent to, to a calmer, um, U.S. Treasury market. Right in, uh, so, d- d- so d- just going points.
0: back to China though just finishing that off quickly why then uh, do, have we been seeing uh, shares falling in China is it because there's a uh, an expectation that perhaps demand isn't going to recover as fast as they'd hoped or it, would, it seems unlikely given the OECD has uh, just come out with this forecast or is it uh, just that they just got ahead of themselves?
1: Well it, it, it has proved to be one of the sort of highest beta stock markets hasn't it it's been one of the best performing uh, markets in the run-up and so it, it does seem to have uh, you know have been one of the biggest fallers. You know, I do think still, you know, that the market was clearly disappointed on at the end of last week that uh, China had actually nominated uh, a growth rate for this year or a minimum growth rate at least at 6%, um, a very, very low bar relative to what China is yeah. likely to do. Less achieve. than the United States, it would seem. But certainly play to this sort of theme that, um, you know. China has sort of become somewhat worried about overheating. You know, monetary policy is no longer going to be, you know, perhaps quite as easy as it has been. So I think that that's probably, you know, and then concerns about bubbles in property markets, for example. I think that's probably played into a, a little bit of negative sentiment.
0: Whereas in Australia, we've got the uh, the, op- the opposite happening. Uh, confidence yesterday, the NAB business survey, confidence rose uh, from uh, 2 in January to 16 in February. This is an 11-year high.
1: But, uh, no, all round, a, a very good survey. I mean, not unexpected. Expected in the sense that um, you know the numbers are for February and uh, you know obviously you know, parts of New South Wales and obviously Victoria came out of lockdown so if we look at it on a state basis the gains were uh, were clearly led by New South Wales and Victoria um, so very big bounces to well above average levels now on both confidence and uh, you know confidence and conditions and Equally, or perhaps more importantly for us, looking at things like capacity utilisation, which tends to correlate well with the unemployment rate, that has risen further, 81.8 from 81.1, and it's its highest level since August 2019, so well above, um, you know, just pre-pandemic levels. And uh, and at that point, the unemployment rate was about 5.2%, I think, the last time we were there. So that's a very good omen in terms of, you know, what we might realistically expect in terms of uh, the demand for hiring and and, and the speed with which unemployment might continue to fall. Uh, But it's also a very positive omen for uh, for business investment. And, uh, you know, contained within the survey are some pretty positive uh, signals that, um, you know, also backed up by... um, you know some of the things that that we've been saying based on what our businesses have been. Uh have been doing and it can show up in, in the balance sheet for example it's, uh, some very positive elements for business investment so um, you know onwards and upwards yeah. as far as, the, uh, as though the economy is concerned that's the message Less so
0: for New Zealand though I mean the, the confidence fell from 7 down to 0 uh, uh, also they've got a record high for selling price intentions as well almost half of all firms expect to raise prices there so uh, you know they've got higher inflation expectations as well so
1: it looks like looking at those numbers that Australia is in, in a better place It does actually it does from you know a situation where you know the, 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 you know, if you, if you annualise the GDP numbers that uh, that New Zealand recorded, once they came out of lockdown, they were, um, you know, they were eye-wateringly strong. Um, you know, the New Zealand economy pretty much got back onto an even keel, virtually full employment and inflation on targets, you know, in the sort of quarter or two following the end of lockdown. So, um, you know, and that's now easing back. And then, you know, our BNZ economists have been saying for a while that particularly, you know, during the summer tourism season, you know, New Zealand was going to suffer on a relative basis more than the likes of of Australia, given that they've got a higher dependence on, on, on tourists, you know, 40% Forty percent of them come from Australia, by the way, but uh, obviously they've not been allowed in mm. without lockdown. So I think that sort of plays to a little bit of a relative shift yeah. going on at the moment. Um, you know, and if you look at something like the Aussie dollar against the New Zealand dollar, that's been riding high, even though you know markets have been busily pricing in the start of a, an RBNZ tightening cycle, well ahead of the RBA. Which you know, at, at another at another time, you would have expected to be uh, reflected in a stronger New Zealand dollar, but not so. And I think that sort of relative growth dynamic. You know, it's perhaps working the other way just at the moment, and then commodity prices in, you know, Australia have have generally been rising faster than they have in New Zealand. So um, that's why that cross has been holding up as well as it has. I think
0: right. now we get Philip Lowe today, don't we, talking. Look, we had uh, the Bank of England governor addressing rising bond yield concerns early in the week. So is Philip Lowe going to chime in on this as well and at least at least start to recognise it as a risk uh, and, you know, raise the possibility of more QE, for example? Or is he just going to keep stum on this? Well, the
1: market is on tenderhooks for sure, because I've I, I no doubt that the, the bond market in particular, you know, particularly in the sort of, you know, three, four, five-year area of the curve, is going to move one way or the other. Um, you know, to some extent, his uh, you know his metal's being tested in terms of you know the commitment to then the three year uh, YCC target. I mean, the, they've done enough, I think, in, in in recent days and weeks to sort of convince people that um, you know the cash rate's not going up for the next three years. But um, whether he says anything about the, you know, a likely extension of that, so you know, one of the big issues, sort of dividing opinion at the moment, is whether they might switch that three year YCC target out from targeting an April twenty twenty four bond out to November. We think on balance unlikely, particularly if the economic numbers are going to continue to come in and as we would expect. So um but he's he's inevitably going to have to, to have to comment. I don't think he's going to say that what we've seen imperils the
0: recovery. Well, he's not going to go the other way. He's not going to say, look, we're concerned about inflation, so we might bring it forward.
1: Absolutely not. And one of the reasons that he won't do that, apart from the fact that um, you know, I don't think he can realistically say that we're now much more positive about inflation than we were because we know that uh, the rba's view is that that is dependent on wages growth mm. um and i don't think he'll change his view there but he also knows that uh, if he gives any indication that uh, we might be taking a foot off the pedal well ahead of what other central banks and particularly the fed will do he knows that he will be rewarded if that's the right word with a stronger aussie dollar and he clearly doesn't want that, that. so i think he will yeah. try and be as dovish as he can credibly get away with right that. you can
0: say that i can't say that somebody said uh they, if this was a drinking game, uh, they'd be under the table for every time I use the word dovish in this podcast. So, uh, a bit early to start drinking, isn't it? Uh, the uh, The Bank of Canada, they uh, I mean, what will they say? Will they weigh in on this inflation discussion as well tonight?
1: Um, I'm not sure, really. I think it's going to be sort of steady yeah. as she goes. I mean, as they have goes. sort of said yep. that... Um, you know, negative price right. for possibility, but I think uh, I don't think we'll see anything in terms of a nod one way no, or right, the We'll other move on from that, that
0: then, because I just want to quick, I want to quickly get in. We get the, because we're talking about inflation. Of course, we get CPI numbers today for the US. Uh, well, of course, the, the the debate is on the prospect of CPI down the track. Lot not last month, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they are. And we also get them for China as well and producer prices for China as well. Yeah, now
1: all I think important, and then the US, CP, uh, US CPI in particular, where it's, it, we're one month too early for these fabled base effects to start coming in. So if you looked at headline CPI in March and April last year, these are the numbers for February, remember, in total, CPI was down 1%, I think 0.7 in March, 0.3 in April. And the core numbers also were down 0.4 over those periods. So those numbers wash out in the March and April figure. So that's when we're going to see, you know, both headline and core inflation jump. But, um, you know, as far as today is concerned, we're going to see a little bit of a rise in in headline, maybe 0.2, 0.3, um, core probably unchanged, but we did you know we've had surprises one way or the other in recent months. So um we might get a bit of a surprise. And also we're going to get the inflation expectations reading later in the week from the University of Michigan. So that's important. And then on China, um, you know the, the the CPI numbers are expected to remain in negative territory, but we're watching those producer price numbers, um, albeit they're a bit sensitive to oil prices, because they are, are moving into positive territory. So that might suggest that um, you know China well, is, is going to test. switch from being you know exporting deflation if you like to maybe starting to uh to be less of a negative influence on prices globally in the months ahead
0: right very good look if you are having a champagne breakfast this morning uh dovish 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 there we are that's the bottle finished off now uh Hope you enjoy it. Uh, you're going off on holiday. I think we're not going to see you for a couple of weeks, are we? So uh, thank you That's for that. Right. So right. Uh, You'll be drinking break champagne.
1: and uh, yeah. catch you all in a few months. I hope so. Some of Tasmania's finest. Sounds very nice. Uh, Excellent. Whatever the Central Coast has to offer. <laughs> all right. Very good. Good to see you, Ray.
0: Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. He's going away. I am, of course, still here. Back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.